Hello and welcome back to Mining Stock Daily with me, Paul Harris. Uh, today we're talking about copper exploration in Peru. I'm very excited both because uh, I think this is my first conversation with uh, Element 29, uh, Element 29 Resources. Uh, it's a new company to me. And also because uh, talking about copper exploration in Peru, I haven't really sort of focused on that for quite a while. So really good to get an update about what's happening in Peru. I'm joined this morning by Steve Stacu, President and CEO of Element 29 Resources. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Paul. Um, you've just put out a maiden resource on your Elida project in, in central Peru, um, just a bit north of capital Lima in the zone one there. Um, you've got a, a porphyry copper system there. Um, you put out a resource of, what, 321.7 million tonnes um, at about 0.032% copper, um, containing about 2.2 billion pounds. Congratulations are there. Uh, tell us a little bit more about Elida and what you're looking at, what you're building up to there. Yeah, no, absolutely, Paul. You know, we are very excited with our, our initial uh, inferred mineral resource uh, from our Elida project um, in, in West Central Peru. Uh, as, as, you, as you stated, our, uh, our initial resource is uh, 321, uh, just over 321 million tons of 0.32% uh, copper, 0.03% uh, molybdenum, uh, and just over uh, 2.5 uh, grams per ton silver. So a, a very significant initial resource. And I think what's, you know, what's exciting is, is this is just one of five porphyry centers identified on the project. So certainly uh, we see this as just an initial step at Elida uh, going forward. But I, th I think it's a significant and a material uh, initial step uh, for us. You know, it, it, is a, it is a very significant resource. Uh, and as you correctly uh, identified, it's uh, you know, contained copper. It's about... Uh, you know, it's about 2.2 billion pounds of copper, just over just over a million tons uh, of contained copper. So not not a bad first step for us. And you know, from an Element 29 perspective, uh, we are a new company. We just IPO'd at the uh, at the end of 2020, so we're just over a year and a half old. Uh, and we really just started the, our our initial drill campaign at the, the Elita project uh, in the summer of 2021. So this marks kind of the culmination of the first phase of of what we were aiming to accomplish at Elita. Uh, and uh, and it's a great testament to uh, to our team, uh, to to our VP exploration uh, and, and our uh, and our and our technical team in Peru. They've really really delivered and, and accomplished a lot here. Um, we're really excited in terms of what uh, what the Elida project uh, could potentially uh, you know deliver to us. Uh, you know we see this as a very significant uh, first step. You know comparatively, if you look at this resource, um, it actually uh, it compares very well to. Uh, you know, similar projects in Peru, uh, for example, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, very, very analogous to the, the Constancia deposit when Hud Bay acquired that, you know, just over a decade ago, uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of size and, t and uh, grade, uh, and, and probably not, you know, and, and probably very similar to uh, Tex, uh, Carmen de Andacoyo uh, mine in, in, in Chile as well. So very, very similar grade. So this is not a bad first step for a little junior like Element 29. Um, and certainly we're, we see ourselves on the path to continue to deliver on this front. I think interestingly, we have, you know, uh, as I mentioned, so we have five, five identified porphyry centers at Elida, and, and this resource exists only on the zone one uh, porphyry and, and, and only on a fraction of zone one. It actually still remains open. We haven't defined the boundaries of it. So we see opportunity to continue to grow this, this resource on top of the four other porphyries that we haven't drilled yet. So lots of, uh, lots of upside. And we're, we're quite excited about that. 
Thank you, Stephen. Congratulations once again. Now, you've, you've got a sort of 2.5 by 2.4 kilometre sort of alteration system there, and you said you've got a, a number of, of porphyry centres there. What's the, going to be the, sort of the follow-up plan going forward to sort of continue to work up Zone 1 and presumably add to that maybe some MET testing out there as well? Absolutely. Yeah, no, that the, these are all kind of falling in order now. So our, we, we're currently uh, planning a phase two drill program and, and uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll news release details of that uh, as, as we finalize those plans going forward. But ideally, we'll be looking at kind of moving towards uh, the, the zone two porphyry. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it has a fairly large footprint as well. So it presents a, a certainly a very attractive target for us. Uh, but I think we, we, we may want to continue to uh, uh, put a few holes on zone one to, to further test and ex you know, potentially expand the boundaries of, of that one going forward. Um, and yeah, we're, we're starting to move towards uh, some engineering studies on the project as well, because obviously that's, you know, you know that's the, obviously the next, uh, you know, logical step is, is looking at, okay, this is great. We've, we're defining some resources here. Uh, can we develop it? You know, what, what's, a, what's a potential development pathway going to look like uh, on that front? Uh, and that will include MET testing. Uh, the project, you know, initially uh, our uh, our testing to date has shown that uh, the, the MET looks really good. Uh, it is very preliminary at this stage. There's uh, there's no uh, deleterious elements that we've uh, we've seen flagged in the project. You know, arsenic levels are actually quite low. So you know, on uh, an initial glimpse of this, it looks uh, it looks like it should behave well. But let us get that MET testing done, and and that will obviously form some of the basis of our of our plans going forward. Thank you, Steve. Um, I want to use that as a springboard to perhaps um, talking a little bit about sort of corporate strategy. Obviously, exploring porphyries it can become a very, very expensive business, particularly for a, a relatively modest-sized junior. Um, given that you've got five porphyry centres there, um, imagine you know in the ideal situation to be drilling, drilling, drilling. Obviously, that needs to be paid for. Um, with, with the new resource, uh, the maiden resource out, are you starting to get more interest from sort of bigger copper companies? Potential interest to helping finance you to continue exploration at a leader. I think uh, yeah, at, at this stage, you know, uh, looking back a few months ago, you know, during the PDAC convention in Toronto in June, certainly we we garnered a lot of interest from uh, from you know a lot of the majors that are active in the copper space, you know, specifically in Peru. I think um, you know, given our land position uh, and you know and the, and the targets uh, and the, and the mineralization that we've identified both at Elida and, and at our Florida Cobre project down in the southern Peru Copper Belt, uh, certainly we're we're excited about it and uh, and you know having those to say having initial discussions and and just you know seeing that interest uh, conveyed by the majors is is a great validation of our work programs. Um, yeah, I think ultimately, you know, we see we see the opportunity for for Element Twenty Nine really to uh, unlock a lot more value uh, in these projects before you know before we potentially start to you know court any of the uh, any of the majors that are out there uh, at this stage. But I think you know an ultimate development pathway. Uh, I think you're correct. You know, you know we're we're not a you know we're not a company that's you know of the size that's going to ultimately develop you know large open pit porphyry copper deposits. That takes you know that takes billions of dollars and uh, uh, and uh, and you know and and years, if not decades, uh, you know, to to get these things off the ground. But but certainly for E twenty nine, we see the opportunity to add a lot of value by um, delineating resources, de-risking the projects, and kind of moving them up the ladder. And certainly that's where we see the opportunity to deliver returns to our shareholders. Thank you, Steve. Now you mentioned the floor, the copper project you have in Southern Peru and the Southern Peru Copper Belt. You're also working on a maiden resource statement for that. Tell us a little bit about floor. The cobre and where we can expect to see that maiden resource. For sure, uh, our Florida cobre project, yeah, as uh, as you correctly identified, it's sitting in the uh, southern Peru copper belt, so a very prolific belt. Uh, 
uh, you know, a string of the, some of the biggest copper mines on the planet that, you know, tracks from Arequipa south to the, to the Chilean border and, you know, the belt continues uh, into, into northern Chile as well. So very prolific, very, very uh, copper fertile belt of rocks. Um, our Florida Cobre project is about uh, just over an hour's drive south of Arequipa. And, and, you know, one of the greatest things, you know, great things is when you drive there, you know, on, on the paved highway, you drive past uh, Freeport Cerro Verde mine. Uh, and that, you know, that's, that's a monster. I think that's number five or six in the world right now. It's been operating since the mid 1970s, and it's still sitting with uh, an over a 4 billion ton reserves of, of uh, probably about 0.4% copper. These are, you know, these are great neighbors to have. And if you look at, you know, if you look at the belt, there's very few juniors like, you know, the size of, of Element 29 that actually have any, any meaningful land positions there. So we're, we're very excited in terms of what we have at Florida Cobra. And we actually have two targets on the project. Um, the initial uh, target is called Candelaria, and that's the one we just finished drilling uh, in the middle of this year. And our, and our last set of uh, assay results from that drill campaign came out at, the, at uh, in early September. Um, so we drilled 12 holes on that. And uh, the basis or the thesis of that program was to confirm a historic program that had been done there in the mid-1990s uh, by um, a, a small company called Rio Amarillo Mining and, and Phelps Dodge, who is now Freeport. So they drilled and they identified uh, a historic resource on a super gene enrichment zone of about 57 million tons of, of almost, uh, uh, you know, almost 0.7% copper. So um, unfortunately, the, the residual core wasn't available. So we had to twin some of those holes. So nine out of the 12 holes twin those historic holes. And the, and the correlation was actually excellent. It was, uh, it was very, very close. And that now gives us the technical confidence to use that data on top of that, on top of our 12 holes, uh, to come out with a, a modern, updated uh, uh, NI43101 compliant resource. And uh, we're on track to deliver that prior to year end as well. So uh, we'll be delivering actually two resource estimates on, on two different projects this year. Um, and uh, on our Florida Cobre project, we're, we're also looking at uh, what, what we see as kind of the, the, the big blue sky picture. It's a big target. To, to the northwest of the Candelaria zone, where we're going to be delivering the resource by about you know about two kilometers, uh, a target called Atrevisado, and it's about a one and a half by one and a half kilometer porphyry center uh, with with uh, nice strong coincident geophysics and and surface copper geochemistry. Uh, it looks like it you know a very large copper mineralized porphyry system. It's never been drilled. Uh, so if you look at these, you know, not many, not many targets like that sitting in the, in the Southern Peru copper belt that, that haven't seen any drilling at this stage. So, you know, that one we're currently in the process of permitting. Um, so that, that process is well underway and, and it's moving forward well. And we anticipate, uh, you know, ideally we estimate that, that you'll hopefully have permits in hand by, uh, by Q1 of 2023 uh, and see a drill program kind of uh, developing on that one, uh, starting into Q2, kind of mid-2023 going forward. But certainly that one, if, you know, if, we, if, we're, uh, if we're fortunate in our drill campaign and, and, uh, and see some nice copper mineralization, if you just look at the size and the scope of this project, you know, the footprint is, is very, very significant. And, and, our, and our overall footprint is, is very comparable to what Freeport has at Cerro Verde, just 20 kilometers on trend uh, to the northwest of us. Uh, I'm not saying we have a Cerro Verde uh, here, but you know, certainly it's, uh, it's ours to, uh, to explore for and, and let's see what we can discover with the drill bit.
Thank you, Steve. Now, I'd like to sort of follow up on a, you know, a couple of things you mentioned there, um, particularly about the, the drill permitting. Drill permitting in, in Peru takes quite a long time. Uh, BHP was speaking at the uh, the Peru Min conference this week, and it said, you know, come on, come on, guys, you need to speed up the, the permitting process to, to enable us to drill. They're looking to deploy much more money in exploration for copper projects in Peru, but this, they say, is one of the main obstacles. Um, what, what's your experience of the permitting process? And are there any any moves afoot by by the government to try and address this problem? I think um, you know it's it's a very good point. You know we've worked you know our team and myself we've worked in Peru since you know since uh, you know the mid two thousands for for at least a decade and a half now. So it's been it's been an ongoing issue. Permitting has always been been a bit slow, and and you know it's you know it's been flagged, and I think a lot of companies have voiced their concerns to the government on that front. Um, you know, just saying, you know, with, with, with better policy in place, certainly would encourage more, more active exploration program. Um, you know, we see inroads and sometimes it's, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's a couple steps forward, one step back. So, you know, the program, we're seeing some indications that there's some improvement. Uh, certainly there's room for more improvement going forward. That being said, you know, we've, we successfully permitted, you know, drill, drill programs on, on two of our projects. And the drilling, uh, drill, drill application or drill, drill per- permitting process on Atrapazado uh, is is advancing now. So I think it's sometimes it's just a, it takes a little bit of patience and, and understanding. It's going to take a little bit longer. It's not as fast as some jurisdictions, uh, but it's not as bad as other jurisdictions I've seen as well. You know, projects. You know, at the end of the day, per, you know, Peru I still see as a as a top tier jurisdiction. You know, we're seeing you know mines mines are getting permitted, mines are getting built. You know, and exploration permits do get granted. So I still see the I still see this as a as a as a very very good jurisdiction to be operating in. Thank you, Steve. Um, I have sort of noticed more and more investment and exploration starting to come and happen in Peru as well. Um, can we sort of talk a little bit about the, the government that Pedro Castillo? Um, he's sort of getting towards, let's say, halfway through his term. He seems to go through mining ministers at a you know a huge huge rate at quite a velocity. Um, is that causing feelings of uncertainty in the sector, or is it just noise? We're going to put our head down and carry on doing what we're doing. I think I think more of the latter, as, uh, from from what you outlined. You know, I've ex- we've experienced this, and you know, in my personal experience, you know, I've worked on projects. You know, like I said, from from the late two thousands. You know, we uh, we went through the uh, you know through through the tenure of uh, President Humala. Uh, who you know had a lot of you know very kind of left wing sentiment. Uh, there was a lot of worry in the sector, and at the end of the day, nothing changed. It was business as usual. I think you know, regardless almost of of who's in in power and and their political leanings, I think you know eventually or or they they very quickly come up to speed in terms of the importance of mining and how much it contributes to the Peruvian economy. You know, it's it's a major. It's it's more than half of their exports are, are metals and, and minerals. Uh, and and a, a very significant portion of their GDP is mining derived. I think anything that would disrupt that would truly cripple the Peruvian economy. So I think there's a you know there, there's certainly a, an acceptance of that. And I think there's you know uh, and, and then I think there's you know, there's you know there's there, there's there's the pressure for us or the, the 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 responsibility for us to to operate in a responsible manner as well to show that this is a this is a development pathway that can benefit everyone, uh, not just the companies but can benefit the country and the communities as well. So you know. I think you know the the onus is on the companies to operate responsibly there as well, and I think that goes a long way in terms of uh, of uh, you know helping uh, helping the you know mining sentiment within the country. Thank you. Element Twenty Nine Resources trades on the TSXV and ECU, and on the OTCQB under EMTRF. Steve Stackew, President and CEO, thank you very much for joining us today. 
Paul, thank you very much. And that's all from me, Paul Harris. Join us for more from Mining Stock Daily soon. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.